So welcome. Good morning. My name's Tom, if, if we haven't met yet. And so I just want to introduce myself. And if you're new here, and uh, just welcome. We're glad that you came to, to worship with us this morning. And, and first time, hundredth time, we probably have had a hundred services here so far. Um, stay afterwards for the barbecue. We have plenty of food for everybody. We have fun, food and fun. That's all that matters. And uh, a bounce house. So always bounce house makes everything look good. What are you laughing at me for? I have glasses. Has anybody noticed this? Here's the crazy thing. I can see it's like high def. And all week I've been trying to get used to the bifocal part. And Mara's in the office just been laughing at me because I keep screaming out, I can see! Because you don't realize that you can't see until you're, you have clear vision. I'm sure that'll preach somewhere. So get ready because we're just going to make that into a, a message at some point. But um, So if you see me doing this action during the service, you'll know why I'm getting used to the bifocal part of it. So, um, Excuse me? Yeah, well, that's exactly, so I go to the, I've been, I've been doing this action with my, you know, looking at my phone and reading, and I went to the optometrist, and I haven't been to, to an optometrist since I think I was 11, and um, he, he takes, does, runs me through the test, which is way different. When I was 11, you did this, you know, you had to tell which way the little E was pointing. He ran me through the tw- test, and he must have looked at the, you know, at my chart, at my age, and he said, well, we've been expecting you, so... <laughs> Welcome to the club is what he said, you know, so, so, hey, um, so when, when I was 17 years old, my, my family, we moved into this house, and the house had been owned and lived in by the Deeks family since it was built in 1923, okay, so this was a, a house that kind of was sold and gifted and passed down from generation to generation since 1923, so when I was 17 in 1989, we, um, my parents bought the house from my grandmother. So this was the, the childhood home of my grandmother. My great-grandparents lived in it. And then at some point, the house was gifted to my aunt for a season, and, and then that got left behind. And, and the house was just kind of sitting vacant for a couple years. And my parents decided it was time for us to move. So they went in and bought the home from my, from my grandmother. And so for the next year, we spent the next year restoring this entire house that was built in 1923. And it was, it was, for Southern California, it was, that's an old house. A really, in fact, it's in a historical district of the city. Um, the house is a, a craftsman bungalow, which is like really, really cool with, you know, um, French type windows and French doors throughout it, arch, archways inside the house. We, we sanded and stained and refinished all the hardwood floors throughout the house. We kept some of the original stuff. Over the years, what took place with this house is as different family members lived in it or, or you know, upgrades were done is people would paint. And so they painted over all the, the little, little latches for all the French doors. So we took all those off and stripped them clean and polished them back to the original brass, put them back on. We, the, all the doorknobs were either glass or brass doorknobs. We took, my dad took all the mechanisms apart and and um, made them all work again. In fact, the front door still uses a skeleton key to this day. Um, so just trying to preserve this house. But this house started off as a two-bedroom, one-bath little bungalow. And over the course of years, probably in the 30s and 40s and maybe into the 50s, my great-grandparents had a guy. What was the guy's name, Dad, that did all the maintenance and stuff? Do you remember? Virgil. 
guy named Virgil that my great, my great grandparents would hire this guy, and he would come in and he did additions. So he built on an extra, you know, built on a new kitchen and, and master bedroom, master bath. And one of the additions that was built onto the house at the very front in the living room was this bay window. And we knew it was an addition because there was a hard line where the wood originally stopped and then he laid the new wood. It wasn't woven like most, you know, wood floors like what you see on the ground here. And in that bay window, you had two French windows, and then the flat part was just one big window. You picture this, right? And when we moved in and started working, those two windows would not open. And so we finally, through tapping and beating and banging, we got those two windows to pop open. And what we had discovered was that over the course of years and years and years, those, the foundation of the bay window was not solid. And so it would start to sink. And every time it sunk, Virgil would come in with his planer and simply sand and plane the top of the window to make it fit again. And then he, as it sunk more, he would sand and plane the top of the window so the window would open. And then he, would, he actually had to start adding material to the bottom because as he took the, off the top, so the window was all askew when we finally got it popped open. So my dad and I had to come up with this plan of how do we make these windows open and close so we could, we could have just continued to continue to sand and plane. You get this? But what we chose to do was we chose to go to the root of what the problem was, and that was that it had a bad foundation. And so we went underneath the bay window, took the, took the, the skirting and the trim off, went underneath, we dug holes, we set cinder blocks in the ground, we got proper jacks, and we cranked and repaired the foundation so that the windows then would open and close clean. And um, then we had to go through and, and fix the windows because now they were all gapped incorrectly. So we had to remove the material that was added. We had to you know, build into the material just to make these windows work. Because what had happened is over the time as it sunk and sunk and sunk, it's instead of recognizing, hey, the foundation is bad, and recognizing, hey, we need to shore up and fix the foundation, the person kept trying to do a quick fix by simply trimming and, and doing fast, fast track to fixing the problem. You get that? So you get this picture of, of this foundation that's sinking and, and somebody fixing it incorrectly. So look at this picture here. You see this house. Can you see what's going on with this house? The, they've, they've repaired the brick, that, the crack in the brick. Now, do you think that that looks great? That's terrible. The problem is, is that it has a foundation issue, but we're trying to fix the foundation problem by just adding more material and quick fixes. And so, so this morning, here's what I want to go with, with that. I want to go with um, wrapping up, like Mara said, our, our, our series that we've been doing called Nets and Bolts. And this morning, I want to talk about just as a Christian, how we're supposed to have a firm solid foundation and what that's supposed to look like, okay? So, so here's what we've done through the summer. We've talked about Basic foundational truths of the Christian faith. So we, we covered, you know, that um, life with God is what's most important with us. We covered that who Jesus is. We covered who the Holy Spirit is. We talked about mercy. We talked about grace. We talked about that when it's all said and done, in the end, God wins. And so there's this choice that we have of do, do we jump on board with that and, and, and go with God in that way, knowing that in the end, in our lives, in, in eternity, God's going to win. And these are foundational truths that we have. And, and so this morning, in a, to kind of put all that together as, as far as our, our foundation in our faith, I want to talk about that our faith, our foundation, is built on Jesus Christ. And that Jesus Christ is our firm foundation. That's, that's what we're going to cover. Okay, so, so here's what happened. God chose Jesus 
to be the cornerstone of his church, of us. So as we build our lives, we can build our lives based on that, or we can build our lives based on other stuff. Here's what Peter wrote in 1 Peter. Here's what he said. He says, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scripture says, so he goes back now and he's quoting Isaiah. He says, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. So here's the picture that I see. Do we have this picture? The next picture. There's a picture. See this guy and what he's done is he's laid one stone. Now that one stone is going to determine what the rest of whatever he's building ends up as. That stone is the most important stone. If you're going to build a wall, if you're going to build a house, getting that cornerstone set perfectly in place will determine what the rest of the foundation and the rest of the house looks like. So you see this guy, he's got, he's got string lines. I don't know if you can see them. He's got, he's got his, 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 what's that thing called, a level. He's put his first stone down. Now, if this guy does not get that one stone set in place perfect, even if he's a sixteenth of an inch off, Rick is a contractor. Rick, do this math for me real quick. If he's a sixteenth of an inch off at the beginning and he's doing a 50-foot run, how, how far off he's going to be at the end of 50 feet? Three, that was good. <laughs> Think about this. If he's building a home and he's just a little bit off, it's okay, it's just a little bit. We can go with it. It'll work. We'll make it up. Three inches at the other end. And so when, when it gets time to start framing, when it gets time to start, start building, it messes everything up. God says, I'm placing Jesus as the cornerstone. He's the perfect fit for building my church, for building our lives. And, and, and we're, we're, to, we're to make Jesus our foundation as we build our lives. Does that make sense? But here's, here's what we see. We see that often we like to make other stuff our foundation. We like to, we like to uh, even as Christians who know that Jesus should be our foundation, we like to make other stuff our foundation. Popular culture, popular culture. If the culture says, says it, we do it, Right? And, and we fall into this trap. But the problem is this is the co- culture is consistently shifting. Think about our culture five years ago, ten years ago. Think about if you live in Tennessee. Weird people live in Tennessee. We have some people from Tennessee here. So I could offend them this morning. They're from a vineyard church, so they understand that I can do this. They're giving me grace right now. But if you live in Tennessee, the culture is different in Tennessee than here in, here in Warsaw. We, we lived, our family lived in in. North Webster area. It's a different culture, believe it or not, from North Webster to, to Warsaw. Weekends are different. What you do on the weekends in North Webster is what you do different here. So if, if we build our foundation on based on whatever the culture, culture says we're going to do that, it's shifting sand. We're always swaying. There's nothing firm about what we do. Here's another th- way we build our culture, our foundation, and we built it on traditions. We say, hey, we've always done it this way. It must work. Or my parents have always done it this way. And there's, there's a little bit of sense that's made with that. Why? Because traditions are based on things that work, right? But traditions will change over time. They don't last forever. Jesus addressed the Pharisees or talked about the Pharisees about their traditions. He said this in Mark. He said, their worship is a farce for they teach man-made ideas or traditions as commands from God. 
How many of you have ever been part of a church where there's a lot of rules, and when you start to really look at it, you're like, I'm not sure that's from God or not. Man, man-made traditions. Verse 8 says, for you ignore God's laws and substitute your own traditions. Then he says, you skillfully sidestep God's laws in order to hold on to your own traditions. So traditions aren't, the, aren't what we're supposed to build our foundations of our life on. We build our foundations on reason, knowledge. Oh, it makes sense. We build our foundations on emo- emotions. I feel it. It, it, should, it shouldn't, because I feel it, because it feels good, this is where it should go. But none of this is going to last. Jesus is the only foundation to build our lives on. And when we build our lives on these shaky foundations, we shift around when trouble comes. So we take the cornerstone, Jesus and his word, and we lay these as our foundation. But again, we can make this easy for us to just to sidestep that, to forget that. Here, here's what happened this week. I had a conversation with a guy. And we were, we were talking about some struggles he was having in his life. And in the course of this conversation, he's, he's talking about how somebody was counseling him one way, but he chose to go a different way because of a job. And what he said to me is he said, that job is my foundation, and immediately I thought, there's my message. You're, you're talking about my message. He said, that job is my foundation. So we talked a little bit more and talked about, you know, some of the stuff in his life. And I, at one point I said to him, how's the job going for you? And he had to grin and had to admit, I don't have that job anymore. And part of the reason I'm in the situation in my life is because I don't have that job anymore. And so we talked about, hey, man, jobs are great. But don't, don't put all your weight on that. Don't build your home on your job. Don't build your home on your career. Don't build your life on that. Build your home in Jesus Christ. And by the end of this conversation, we prayed, and God met with this guy. And, and it, was, it was a great thing. Build your home on Jesus Christ, a firm foundation. Build your home on God's word. God's word is solid in our life. Jesus said this in Matthew. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the fl- floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains come and the floods come, the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Here's, what, here's what's happening when Jesus says this. Jesus is wrapping up his Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And if you haven't read it, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is a lot of basic, practical teaching. He talks about divorce. He talks about how we treat others. He talks about money. He talks about gossiping. He talks about the language you use. He, he, he talks about the law. It's, it's not that he's teaching these high intellectual theological ideas. He's teaching basic life principles to the people that are listening. And he follow, finishes it up and he says, now if you listen to my teaching, it's like you're building your life on solid rock. You could dismiss my teaching and you're building your life on shifting sand. So that's, that's the survey we need to do of our life is where is my life built? Is it built on solid rock of, of Jesus and his word? Is it built on shifting sand? This past week... Um, I feel like I just needed to address this about Charlottesville and what's taken place in the world, actually. So, we, you know, you guys have all... Does anybody not know what took place in Charlottesville last week and, and what's taken place in, in Finland? Where were some others? Spain? Last night, two cops got murdered in, in Florida. 
one cop is the other the other one's on life support, I believe. And and what I see with this is that we live in the world that's building their lives on everything but Jesus. And when we do, when things like Charlottesville's happen, and my and my foundation is built on on an ideal or on a, on a theory or on a principle outside of God's of God of God, I can get myself really stirred up in my emotions and in my heart based on what took place. And, and, and we shouldn't necessarily be surprised when things like this happen because the world's building their, their foundation, building their lives on everything but Jesus. And so, so I guess my statement about Charlottesville, because I don't want to be political, but my, my, my statement is, is God's foundation is not built around hate. God's foundation is not built around race. God's foundation is not built around bigotry. God's foundation is built around love and us loving people in the world and loving them to Jesus. And so as, as followers of Christ, as Branches Vineyard Church, as individuals, we need to take survey of our lives and say, what are we really building our lives on? Are we building our lives on what this world is telling us? Are we building our lives on what our parents have always done? Are we building our lives on, on how we feel? Or am I building my life on, on the foundation, on the bedrock of Jesus? There's my political talk right there. We're done with that. A few years ago, I built this shed. Again, Rick Swope is my go-to guy, and he consulted me. I consulted him, and he told me what to do, and he was actually adding on to our house at the time, and he knew how to do the big stuff. I got to build the little shed. And uh, so I, 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 I decided I'm going to build this shed. So um, my son was just a little guy. He got him out there with his little plastic tool belt, and we brought in some gravel, and we put the gravel on the ground. That's it. Then we took some cinder blocks, some cement blocks, and we set them in the gravel and kind of did this action and set a board across and kind of made it level. And then we took some wood and we framed up a floor and we built the foundation. And that worked and that was fine for a shed. In fact, I, the shed's still standing today. It's been there since 2008. It's a great solid shed. But if I'm going to build a house, I would never build my house based on a couple cinder blocks sitting on top of the dirt. I would never build my house based on, based on some gravel and just a, a board and, some, and, a, and a, a level that I have dropped 47 times. And so, so the point there is, is, is our foundation will determine the size of our house. Our foundation is going to determine the size of our house. So, so if your foundation is huge with God, then you can build a huge God, a huge spiritual life. If your foundation is wee and small, that's what you're going to get with your relationship with God. And not only is your, your found, your, the size of, of your spiritual house, of who you are with God, is determined by the foundation that you lay with him, but the fruit of what you see is determined by that foundation. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It says, No one can lay a foundation other than the one we already have, which is Jesus Christ. Take that to the bank. That's the foundation. Don't try and lay another one. It's Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, and straw. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burnt up, the builder will suffer a great loss. The builder will be saved... But like someone barely escaping through the wall of flames. Here, here's what this summer has been about. We can, we can pray a prayer and give our heart to Jesus. And 
walk and live our lives hoping to do good and to serve God. And we could just kind of meander through life, avoiding conflict, and make it in the end. And I think that's what this is saying. Yeah, Jesus is my foundation. I said a prayer. I received him as my Savior. He, you know, I agree that he's God, that he died, that he saved me, and that I'm going to go to heaven someday. And then everything else ends up being burnt up. It, it just becomes what we do with our life is nothing. But here's the reason of this past summer, of this summer's nuts and bolts, is that I believe we're called to something greater than just making it in the end. I believe that we're, we're not called to just get saved and go to heaven. I believe God's called us to be his people for a world that needs to hear him and know him. And in order to do that, we can't do it if we're weak, if we're built on shifty sand. We as individuals have to know that the, the, the foundation of our life is solid. It's built because Jesus Christ is in our life, because he is who we look to, because he is our cornerstone, because his words, his teachings are true in our life. And based on that, we can go big. And, and I, I feel like as a church, if we're not striving and committed to saying we're, we're going to go big for God, we're going to go big for God, then, then we're not, we don't want to meet anymore. We, we want to be people that say we want to love God huge. We want to worship God huge. And we want to love others big time. And we want to go big and see God's kingdom come today. And in order to do that, we have to be solid in who we are as individuals. We have to be solid as who, who we are with God. And, and that's based on this foundation that we lay. Everything that we stack from that point has to be solid in that foundation. If not, it's going to tip over. It's going to fall. And so the purpose of the summer was for, for us to say, hey, where are we at? Who's, do you know who Jesus is in your life? If not, go back and listen to that one in our, in our website. Do you know who the Holy Spirit is? Do you know why the Holy Spirit is with us? Do you know, do you know where the Holy Spirit resides? Do you understand that regardless of what we see happening in our world today, God's going to win? Take that to the bank. God's going to win. It doesn't matter how bad things seem to get. Read the end of the book. God wins. That's, that's, that should be awesome for us to hold on to that. Okay, God wins. God's going to win. It sucks right now, but God wins. And it's all based on this foundation of Jesus in our lives. Do you get that? So go ahead and stand with me. <clears throat> Would you be committed to taking a survey of your life? And when you find, and I say when because, I see you there. I say when because, because we all have some shifty sand in us. But when you find that, that there's a section of your foundation that's, that's weak, instead of puttying up the cracks that that section's making, could you go in and shore up the, the, there's the foundational fix. Can you go in and, 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 and prop that, fa- that weaky section up with Jesus in your life? Would you make a commitment to do that? Would you say, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to God about that. I'll be honest with myself and with God and ask him to reveal things in my life that, that just are shifting. And, and I'll be committed to turning those things over to him. If you'll do that, I, I, I would like to hear from you and, and, and see how things change in your life over the course of the next few weeks. Okay, so, so here's what we're going to do to wrap this up, and then we get to go have a barbecue. I think even right now, the guys that are cooking the food are going to go out. So as we're wrapping up service, we should smell the aroma of, of, the, of the grills being lit up and cooking up. Um, we're going to enter into a time of, 
of worship and ministry time. And what that, what that means, if, you, if you've not been around here, is we finish with a song of worship, and then we invite anybody that needs prayer, that wants prayer, that wants to engage with God on some level, to come forward and get prayed for. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not intimidating. It's very simple. All you have to do is walk up here, and there'll be people that meet you. Also, Kristen here. Turn around and wave at everybody. So this is Kristen Hill. Kristen was with us all last year because she was teaching um, music band at the, at the elementary school and in the high school and middle school. Okay. Kristen is leaving in about two weeks and going to, um, with a ministry called World Race. And it, what it is is it's a, it's a gap year that students take, students 18 to 20 take, and they go to, for her, they're going to go to six different countries over the course of nine months, and they, they, for about a month and a half in each country, they insert themselves into the culture and just go to, to, to be Jesus, to share Jesus with the culture. Kristen was on it um, when she was in college or right before college. She's going back as a staff member to be leading 50, 18 to 20-year-olds. So she needs prayer. So here's what we want to do as a church. We want to send her off. We want to, we want to pray blessing over her. We want to commission her out. So while this song in this point of worship, will some of you worship through coming forward and praying with Kristen? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so Kristen, kind of get behind the speaker because that way. Um, so, so could I, as, as the band starts to play, could I just ask that some of you guys will come forward and start praying for Kristen and just, just pray for her in the year that she's going to go in and lead, okay? So I'd appreciate that. Father, thank you for today. God, we, we thank you that you you give us a solid foundation on which to build our lives. Lord, you've, you've given it to us. It's there. It's set in stone. We just have to choose to, to build on that. So God, as, as people have committed to taking a survey of their life, Lord, would you be faithful to, to show them and reveal areas in their life that, that, that their foundation's shaky and give them the strength and courage, regardless of the situation, to be able to do away with those things in life and turn those things over to you so that you can, you can replace those with firm foundation. And Lord, and Lord, we know that through that, lives are going to be changed, situations are going to be changed, and, and we're going to be able to, to be lives that, that are, 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 are shining you here in Warsaw. Lord, would you bless this afternoon as we, as we just enjoy each other in, in community and as we eat and as we play, pray? Play, play and pray, I guess. So God, we just, I'll just pray that you'd bless the food. So bless it to our bodies as, as, we, as we consume it. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.